Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Today's Ask Shauna is a question from Diana who wants to know if it's worth it to create a podcast and can she actually make money as a side hustle? All right, let's dive in. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money. I am your host, Shauna Game, and my mission is to help you opt out of all of that negative self-talk and thinking around money so you can step into the life you want to live. Here, we value self-worth over net worth, and my advice always welcomes you into a place of, yes, less stress and more ease. If that sounds good to you, then this podcast is what you want to tune into. All right, this is the first Ask Shauna of the New Year, and I could not be more excited. I specifically saved this question for a few months because this week we have been talking on the show all about side hustles and getting your money intentions set for 2024. If you have not listened to the episode that was out on Wednesday this week with Whitney Hansen from the Money Nerds podcast, all about her side hustle secrets, you are definitely going to want to check that out. She is a ninja when it comes to 
side hustles and figuring out how to make money. And she has tried all of these different side hustles herself so that she could tell you what is actually worth your time. And then Monday's episode was a solo episode for me, our annual episode to kick off the new year, where I talked all about setting your money intentions for 2024. So I will link that all in the show notes if you have not had a chance to check out that those episodes. I think you will thoroughly enjoy them. But this is Friday and we do things a little loose here on Fridays. I keep the editing to a minimum. So yeah, I might flub up a few words here and there, but that is the beauty of podcasting. (laughs) So I, I like to keep these episodes just kind of flowing, right? Sort of a stream of consciousness as I move through these questions. This Ask Shauna question came in from Diana and I realized when she sent in this question that I have never really shared my entire podcast story with you. So I thought, okay, this might be a really good time to do this. So Diana says, Hi, Shauna. I have been a huge fan of your show back to when it was Millennial Money. You helped me so much with money. I have a banging credit score now and was able to pay off my student loans and have a nice three-month emergency fund in a high-yield savings account. I am still working through my emotions around money, but every episode helps me get a little bit closer to feeling less stress. So my question is a little bit different than maybe most Ask Shauna questions. You always share about side hustles, and you've had so many amazing guests on, but I'd love to hear more about your podcast. Did you start it as a side hustle? I have an idea of a podcast. I am a history teacher, and I am transferring into being my own entrepreneur and would love to share my expertise, have guests on, etc., but not sure how to go about it, whether it makes sense. Can I really make money from my podcast? Also, you have such a great podcast voice, and I really think mine is not that good. What do you think? How do you think of the episodes, etc.? I'd love to hear it all. Thanks so much for motivating me always, and I really wish you would have been my money teacher in school. <laughs> Diana, thank you so much for that compliment. I really appreciate it. I absolutely love doing what I do. And I was so excited when your question came in because, again, I realized that I haven't shared a lot myself about this particular journey that I've been on. So we are in 2024. We are in our ninth year of this podcast, (laughs) which is just crazy because I haven't been this loyal to just about anything in my life or, you know, had this much consistency. And we have passed, I believe, around 1100 episodes. So that is a lot of talking about money. And I never thought when I started this podcast that, I I mean, I had no idea that we would still be here nine years later and you would still be listening and people would still be writing about the show and it would still be charting and all of the good things that have come. And there's so many more things that I really want to do with this show that I just I haven't done. But I'm really claiming 2024. I think this is going to be a great year. I don't know why I just like the I like the sound of 2024. So I just am so excited that you're here with me. So this show, yes, was originally named Millennial Money when I started the show back in 2015. And I had written an article about the top 10 money moves for people in their 20s. 
And that article actually went viral. It was featured on a lot of different publications. It went, I had it on Pinterest and the article was just, I mean, still to this day, people go back and check out that article. And so I thought, okay, I myself am right between a millennial and a Gen Xer, depending on what sort of age demographic you read about. And I thought, okay, well, this millennial thing, right? You're a little bit younger than I am. And maybe you need a little little like big sister love when it comes to money. And so I felt like, okay, let me let me do something around millennial money. And I have a marketing background. I've been an entrepreneur my entire career. So I thought that name sounded really good. And in 2015, it was really easy to pick your podcast name. When I changed the name of the show in 2021, it was 2022. We changed in 2022. It was a lot more difficult to find a name. But I think Everyone's Talking Money really, it showcases what I want to do on this show, which is breaking down those barriers and those walls around money so that we can all have these conversations without fear or judgment or shame or all of the things that are attached to money. So when I first launched the show, I think we were in around week four of the show, I one night all of a sudden got all of these notifications from my friends just freaking out. And I'm like, what are they freaking out about? Well, Turns out that Millennial Money at that time was number five on all the podcasts out there that existed and number one in the business category above Rachel Maddow and Dave Ramsey and all of these people. And it stayed that high on the charts for quite some time. And so I I was in this weird place because I didn't really know what I was doing podcasting. I didn't have a strategy (laughs) or anything like that. And so I really didn't take advantage of that. But over the years, the show has climbed back up. It's climbed in the top 10 of the business category. It's climbed up in the top 100 of all podcasts. And so it's just kind of bounced around depending on, I don't know, the season and all these different algorithm changes with Spotify and with Apple Podcasts. It's just, it's been an interesting journey, but (laughs) a really good one. So I did start this, Diana, as a side hustle. Originally, I was still a practicing certified financial planner back then. And I thought, let me use the podcast as a way of getting new clients. But then it turned into, wow, I really love this podcasting thing. Could this actually be my business? I don't know. I mean, I had no idea of how that really worked. This show was also named a New York Times Top Four Money Podcast. And to this date, we have made well over $500,000 with sponsorships and speaking engagements and all of that. Uh, we've consistently been on the podcast charts. I have been a speaker at top conferences. I have scored a book deal and I have been on so many amazing podcasts, so many, I couldn't even name them all, Entrepreneur on Fire, The Kathy Heller Show, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, Stacking Benjamins, just on and on and on. And so, yeah, I mean, I... I think this is probably like the best decision I've I've ever made. Before I jump into your specific questions, Diana, I want to invite you and really any other female entrepreneurs, artists, or creatives to something I call the podcast class. 
It is an eight-week live group coaching program for women or anyone who identifies as a woman to help you create, launch, and profit from your podcast. I'm going to be teaching everything, everything I wish I would have known from the start, everything that I know now. And my hope is that you can learn everything so you can set yourself up for success. I have been teaching this since last year, but haven't shared with you all about it until now. I've had some amazing women already through the course in 2023, and they have launched some killer podcasts. So if you would like more info about the podcast class, you can go to etmpod.link slash Jan, J-A-N, podcast class, or I will link that right in the show notes. Make it really easy for you. We are going to start the week of January 22nd, and I've got five spots still open and waiting. I like to keep this really small, but if you would like to learn how to get your podcast up on its feet from someone who has done this for nine years and run the successful podcast, I would love to have you in the class. Okay, so beyond what I read to you about Diana, she also sent me a bunch of other questions in her Ask Shauna that I wanted to address specifically. And I will walk through her questions and kind of share my story along the way. So the first question is, she wants to know, how did I come up with the idea for this podcast? That's a really good question. So I was uh, teaching at a university in Los Angeles, teaching financial literacy courses, and teaching a course that I had created from scratch myself. And we didn't use any books. We used blogs, we used other people's podcasts, we used YouTube videos, we used current events to help make money seem really realistic, right? To make sure that it came to life. I just, I didn't think that, you know, regurgitating terms from a book really made sense. So in one of my classes, I was saying to the students, you know, I have a really creative itch in me. And should I start a YouTube channel? Like, what should I do? And one of my students was like, you should start a podcast. And that was back in January 2015. I was like, a podcast? Okay, I didn't know a whole lot about podcasts. I didn't really listen to them myself. And so that was on a Thursday. I went home, researched podcasts, bought a mic, figured out how to use GarageBand, the editing uh, software that I've used for many years. And on Tuesday, launched our very first episode, which is crazy. It's absolutely nuts. But um, that's really sort of the genesis of how this podcast started. So if you enjoy the show, you can thank my student from way back when who gave me the inspiration to to do this. And I, I never imagined that I would enjoy talking into a microphone and talking to you so much. I think the hardest part of podcasting is just I can't see you. <laughs> and I really want to see you. I, I love that kind of human interaction. But nevertheless, I, I think it's a really fun way to kind of consume content. So second question you wanted to know, Diana, was how do I think of all the topics? This is actually a question I get asked all of the time, because it's hard for people to understand how could I possibly come up with 1100 <laughs> episodes around money and still have more episodes coming out of me. And I think you, Diana, said you wanted to start a podcast about history. So no matter what your podcast idea is, there are so many different ways you can slice and dice that content. You could take one subject, for instance, you know, around 
uh, budgeting, let's say, something that everybody asks about, right? And I could teach about all different types. I could teach about how do you create a budget. I could teach about my anti-budget formula that I create. I could teach about what goes in your budget. I could teach about things that people are consistently over budget on. I could teach about the mindset behind budgeting. I could I could show you examples of people on the show and talk about how they spend and save their particular money. So there's so many different ways you can take content. So if you're thinking about starting a show, I would tell you start with your high level topic idea that you want to talk about and then think about all of the different spider webs that could come off of that and all the different ways that people could learn about your specific content. I think that's what's really cool about podcasting. And also I will say, you know, I've probably done I don't even know how many episodes about a topic like budgeting over the years, but I'm going to say hundreds of episodes and y'all still love the episodes around budgeting. So when you find those kind of main central topics that everybody loves and will listen to over and over again, maybe they're stumbling blocks, maybe they're fears, maybe they're interesting um you're talking about history. So maybe they're interesting like historical moments in the world or in the US or in a specific state. I think people are always going to tune into those. So I wouldn't get too, you know, kind of stuck in how am I going to come up with all of those topics? Like, don't let it be overwhelming. Think about maybe 12 episodes to start with, right? Do do your podcast in seasons. That is something we do not do on this show, <laughs> but it would make my life a lot easier. But I love consistently podcasting. So this is the way I chose to do my format. But you could choose to do a season of, you know, eight to 12 or so episodes. And so that makes it a lot easier for you to kind of chunk down content. I hope that makes sense. And the next question, I love this one. You wanted to know, Diana, do I get imposter syndrome? Oh my gosh, do I ever? (laughs) That has been probably my biggest self-improvement journey that I've been on over these nine years is learning to trust what I know about money, learning to trust my skills, learning to trust that I belong in this space. I think particularly when some other money people have kind of come into the space and made a big splash. And sometimes I wonder why, you know, maybe they have more downloads than I have on my show. And I can really get kind of caught up in those things. But I just want to encourage you, if you're listening right now and you have an idea for a podcast, your voice needs to be heard. We need more people in the money space. We need more people in all of the different spaces of podcasting out there sharing their expertise, sharing their skills, sharing their unique perspective. Because I can do an episode on a topic and another money expert can do an exact same episode on that topic. And both of our episodes are going to be completely different because we're different people and we're coming from a different perspective. And so I think that's really great. You know, I encourage you if you listen to money shows, listen to all of the different money shows because there's something you can take away from all of us, from all of our, you know, different perspectives and use what you what you want for your own money and your own journey. And I think that's what's really interesting about podcasting specifically. 
The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. 
That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. Before we jump back into Diana's questions, I just want to remind you, if you are a female entrepreneur, artist, or creative, I invite you to join my special group coaching program, The Podcast Class. Starts the week of January 22nd. We have five spots left. You can head to etmpod.link slash Jan podcast class or just go right to the link in the show notes. And if you have any specific questions, you can email me directly at hello at everyone's talkingmoney.com. But I would love to help you create, launch, and profit from your podcast. All right, back to Diana's questions. We're on number four. She asked, what are ways a podcast can make money? That is a really good idea because if you're starting a podcast as a side hustle, you obviously have an intention of making money. And I think I don't know what the statistics are, but there's a very small percentage of podcasts that actually make money. There's a lot of podcasts out there where somebody will, you know, start the show, maybe do a season or do a few episodes and then decide not to continue on with the podcast. It really is, I think, a long-term game. Some people can start a podcast and from day one, they can start making money. But my experience has been that it takes a little bit of time. You have to develop your credibility. You have to develop your audience. You have to develop your, you know, point of view and, and all of these story and guests and all of these things that really make a show a show. But there are lots of different ways you can you can profit from a podcast. That's why I love working with entrepreneurs, artists and creatives, because you usually have some sort of a platform already. So we're kind of just, you know, launching off of that specific perspective. But if you don't have that, a lot of people are creating fiction pro uh, podcasts, you know, that you might have a, a book idea, and maybe you have not been able to find a traditional publisher for your book. Podcasting might be an amazing way for you to launch that book idea. A lot of people are turning book ideas into season based shows. And getting a lot of notoriety for them. You know, there are a lot of film festivals now where you can enter your podcast into the film festival and and win a prize. You know, maybe you get an agent that way. So there's a lot of unique ways that you can use podcasting. 
obviously, if you sell a product or you have some sort of coaching or uh, you know some sort of one-on-one business, you can use podcasting in that way uh, to find your ideal customers. You can mention that in in every episode that you do. One of the ways that I make money, one of the large ways is from sponsorships. So I curate the sponsors for this particular show. And that's certainly a way you can do that. I have my own management company that uh, manages all of those those sponsors that you hear on this show. And thank you, by the way, for giving them love. This is how I can continue to to do this show and earn income myself. But you could certainly reach out to somebody in your industry who might want to sponsor your podcast. Before I had a, a podcast manager, that was how I formed these podcast deals and different things that helped me cover all the costs of the show. So, um, you know, those are some ways you could also sell, you know, workshops or a course or any kind of, you know, knowledgeable skills. You could share, you know, a PDF or a workbook, or you could create your own book and have that be part of your podcast revenue strategy. So there are lots of different ways. And I think that this really where it comes down to having a unique point of view, a unique theme, and some you you know some direction with your show that you can say is a little bit different than everyone else out there. So when I started the show when I started as Millennial Money, there weren't any other podcasts that were focused on money specific podcasts I will say that were focused on millennials. Now of course, if you look up Millennial Money in your podcast app, there are tons of shows, but in the beginning I really kind of owned that niche, right? So maybe you can own your specific niche or be one of the main players, but maybe have a slightly different perspective. So on this show, you know that I like to talk about relationship with money. You know I like to talk about all of the things that keep you stuck from making the changes that you want to make so that you can create your rich life. You could create the life you want to live. That is really what I have honed over the years is sort of my unique perspective. and. You know, I, I'm different from a lot of other money experts out there. You either like it or you don't like it, right? <laughs> but I'm always going to come at each episode with that specific perspective. And so can you bring the same thing? And I believe that when you have that unique point of view, it's easier for you to draw on the right people who might become your customers, who might become your sponsors, whatever it might be, right? You can also use your podcast to help you get booked speaking on stages at different conferences or companies. There's lots of different ways you can use this. So I like to really think of the podcast as like the modern day kind of book deal that you can use as the door opener to help you get in places and, you know, to help you create the platform that you want to create. There's no way that I would have been able to find all of these 25 different million people who have who have downloaded and listening to the show all over the world. But podcasting has been able to bring us all together. All right, question number five, Diana, you want to know, is it possible to launch a successful podcast in 2024 in a crowded market? Good, good question. Yes, asterisk mark, but it is trickier. It's trickier now than it was when I started in 2015, because it feels like everyone has a podcast. And it also is 
a time where celebrities and names get podcasting deals really easily, very lucrative podcasting deals. It doesn't necessarily mean those shows are going to be successful, but it's a lot easier for them than it is for someone like me who's an independent podcaster and runs my own business. So again, this comes back to really having your own unique point of view, really understanding the topic that you're talking about, and curating fun and interesting episodes that people really want to listen to. So I I think that that's, you know, it's it's so critically important because you have to be able to captivate people listening to the show. And this show has grown almost exclusively through word of mouth. Yes, I've been featured in magazine articles and newspapers and on other podcasts and all of that great stuff. But mainly the growth has come from you listening to the show and you telling your friend to listen to the show and and on and on. And I think that's a great way of trying to build your audience and build your community. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The hosts, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks, where they explain how you get started right away. And back to basics of building your portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so Diana, you have a few more questions for me. These are fun. I hope you're enjoying this episode. This is, I know, something very different, but I love talking about the business of podcasting and specifically this show. So Diana, you also wanted to know how... Do you pick a name for your podcast? Ah, wow. This is another million dollar question. And I would say when you're thinking about starting a podcast, you want the name to be something that somebody can look at the name and instantly go, I understand what that show is about. So back to me choosing Millennial Money, it's easy. You can look at it if you felt like you resonated with millennial or millennial demographic, you felt like, okay, this was the show for me. 
So there are a lot of shows out there that have have very interesting names. And I think it's just it's a lot harder to get traction for your show than something that is right in your face. So a lot of people will actually choose their name, specifically if you have some sort of notoriety already, right? We can think of somebody like the Mel Robbins show. She's already an author. She's spoken on many stages. And so, you know, her show is her show, (laughs) right? Uh, Brene Brown's shows, you can instantly look at those names and you know basically what that type of show is going to be about. So I want you to think of a name that is easy to remember and also makes sense immediately when I'm looking at the specific name. I tend to like to go with either one word, two words, or three words in my name. I find if you get more than three words, it tends to get just too lengthy to talk about on your show, too lengthy for somebody to remember. So when we were we were changing the name, everyone's talking money, it was so hard because we wanted something fun. We wanted something that still had money in the name because money was a keyword. We really wanted to continue to rank in the charts for money specifically. So that is another tip if you're if you're Diana, you're looking in the history um a, you know, feel demographic type of show, you want history somewhere in your name. Because when somebody's looking up for a show on history, we want your show to come up in that specific search so people can actually find you. So when I when I was changing to Everyone's Talking Money, it was really tough because so many of the names that I was coming up with, they were already taken or the URL was taken or there was something kind of like it. And I wanted to make sure that the show's name was really original. And I've kind of gone back and forth of whether it made sense to change the name or not change the name. And I don't know. It's it's something I feel good about. Um, you know, I don't know how you, the listener, feel about it. I hope I really try to explain to you what's behind everyone's talking money, that this is the place where we're going to talk about all of the different topics around money. And where you are going to feel welcomed, no matter your age, your demographic, your income, where you came from, how you think about money, where you're at, the shame, the guilt, all of those things. I want this to be the place where you feel really welcomed and also where we're going to drop all of the taboo-ness that comes around money. And I want to make sure I'm also getting a lot of different perspectives, hence the everyone is talking money. And we went back and forth between talking versus talking. What the show is, I own both URLs because I realize that people are probably always going to do punch in talking, T-A-L-K-I-N-G, of course, because that's the way it's spelled. So, you know, it's it tricky and it's tricky now to come up with a name that is truly original. But I would just encourage you to kind of think outside of the box, but always think about a keyword that you're trying to get people to tune into, whether it's cooking or history or um, mental health or exercise or yoga or whatever your topic is of expertise, you want to make sure that is in the name of your podcast because we want you as discoverable as humanly possible. Okay, question number seven, how can I use my podcast to boost my career? 
You can use it in, gosh, in so many different ways. Like I mentioned, I feel like a podcast is kind of the modern day book, the modern day kind of calling card. It's your business card. It's something where people can listen in and really understand who you are and what you're about and your expertise. And I think you can use your podcast to strengthen your resume. You can use your podcast to help you get booked at speaking opportunities, to help you get book deals, to help you get sponsors, uh, to help you get mentions in, in articles. So it, it really is like your your stage where you're coming to every week or however often you do your podcast episodes and you're talking about your expertise. So I think it's a great way to boost your career, to expand your career, specifically if you have a topic that is worldwide interest. So money's a little tricky because a lot of the things we talk about on this show are specific to the US, but a lot of topics are not. A lot of topics are for everyone around the world, right? When we talk about relationship with money and shame and trauma and all of these different things that we work through on the show, those are universal things that don't have anything specifically to do with US money, right? But there is obviously a function of that. So if you have a topic that is universal and you talk about that, wow, I mean, think about the world is really your your audience. That's really cool. Okay, last question you want to know is, how do I know if people will listen? <laughs> wow, if I had a crystal ball and I could answer that for you, I really would. Uh, I don't know, is my most honest answer. There are a lot of podcasts out there. But again, I will come back to if you have a good idea, if you have a good name, if you have some episodes that you really think will be interesting and different and people really want to learn about, then I say absolutely go for it. People will listen. You will always find your specific group of people. I think this is where it's really important to have a niche when it comes to your podcast. Because, you know, when I when I was millennial money, it was, you know, someone who was a millennial was like, okay, again, this is the show for me. I'm in this specific demographic. And that also happened to be the demographic of people that were widely listening to podcasts. So it really worked out in my favor, right? So I don't think there's anything wrong with getting really super specific with your niche. I think it's a great way to help listeners find you. I would also say, you know, I would encourage everyone in your circle, you know, invite them in to listen to your show and invite them to share it with people just the way that I've, I've done with the show, right? So it's consistently sharing in each episode. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with some friends, share it with people that you think also would love to hear about this specific topic. It's a great way to continue to grow your audience. Also, I will say, I mean, YouTube is huge. <laughs> a lot of people, I don't know, you might listen to some of your or watch some of your favorite podcasts on YouTube. We are actually going to be starting a YouTube channel for this podcast very, 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 very soon. So you will be able to either listen to the episodes here or watch or listen to them on YouTube. So if that's something that feels exciting for you, that is coming up soon. But it's becoming really hard to ignore YouTube strictly for discoverability. I know that I watch a lot of different people on YouTube and I, I personally love YouTube. My husband is somebody who does not like YouTube and does not watch YouTube. So 
there's something for everyone. So I think it's it's finding where your listeners hang out and being in those places besides obviously being on all of the different podcast players. So that was a lot of information, Diana. <laughs> I hope I answered your question. I think podcasting is amazing side hustle. I think it's something that people don't talk about often as a side hustle and mainly because it does take some nurturing. It does take time. Obviously, you have to curate your episodes. You have to interview guests if that's the type of show you're going to have. You have to create your questions. You have to put together the episode. You have to edit the episode. So there is a lot of labor that goes into an episode. For me, most episodes take about mm, three, four, five hours to put together. And so if I'm doing three episodes a week, that's 15 hours a week just on those specific episodes, let alone all of the other things that I need to do to grow this business and keep this show going. And so it, it is a lot of work. But I also will say that it's a lot of fun and it's a really interesting way to share your expertise. It does not cost a lot of money to start a podcast. I started with a really inexpensive microphone and GarageBand, which is a free program on my Apple um, MacBook Air. And I edited everything myself for actually a couple of years. And it was super low cost. And I did that until I was actually making money with the show, till I actually figured out <laughs> what the heck I was doing. One of the reasons I teach the podcast class is helping you figure out what you're doing from the get-go so you don't waste any time like I did. But I think it's a it's it's such a, a cool thing, right? Because it becomes part of your legacy. So even when I'm not podcasting any longer, these episodes will be up. They will be out there for people to listen to for many, many, many years. And to me, that's something that's just really exciting. So I would encourage you, ah, give it a try, right? Just go out there and, and see what you can put together. And don't worry about, will people listen right now? Don't worry about, am I going to get ranked on the charts? Don't worry about any of that stuff right now. Just worry about creating a really unique perspective, a really unique point of view, and getting your voice out there. All right, again, if you're interested in signing up for the podcast class, which starts the week of January 22nd, you can head to etmpod.link slash class or the link right in the show notes. If you have any specific questions, again, you can email me directly at hello at everyonestalkingmoney.com. And if you enjoyed this episode and you know somebody in your life who is thinking about starting a podcast, share this episode with them. And uh, give them a little gentle push because it has certainly changed my life. And I would love for it to change a lot more, a lot, lot, lot more people's lives as well. Thanks so much for listening to this first Ask Shauna episode of the new year. I will see you back here, my friends, in a few days for a brand new episode. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.